Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. Stand up for your country. You know, most of you watching and listening to me right now, you are, I don't want to use the word elite. I don't like that word. But you're kind of above what the general tone, intellectual tone is of the country because you are seeking information and opinion from a source that is honest, us, and gives you the information no matter where it lies. So if it makes conservatives look bad, you're going to get it. Liberals, you're going to get it. I try to get a wide variety of guests, diverse people, which we have tonight. Um, And, you know, I think your life, and you would agree, is more beneficial by watching and listening to us because we are living in a dangerous time. When I say dangerous, it's not If you're in the inner city, it's dangerous physically. But it's dangerous because Americans are now losing independence and security because of an incompetent federal government. That's dangerous. You know, the 1930s was dangerous for everybody when the economy collapsed into the Great Depression. And I don't think that's going to happen now. A lot of safeguards to prevent it. But people are, are quickly losing assets they have worked very hard to build up including value on home, um, take-home pay. And it's because of the Biden administration. We're going to lay that out again tonight. Talk to Sean Hannity about this on the radio that's posted on BillOReilly.com today. And it's just stats. That's all I brought to the conversation with stat after stat after stat. I'm going to give you some of those stats now. And that is the um, subject of the Talking Points memo this evening. First, let's begin with the Rasmussen poll just out. 1,000 likely voters, Democrat 35, Republican 33, other 32, fair. Rasmus is usually fair. All right, I'm going to give you three questions. First one, over the past year, has the U.S. economy gotten better or worse? Don't get more simple than that. Better, 11%. Worse, 74%. Now, the better might be the homeless people in L.A. and San Francisco who get direct payments. Maybe that's who thinks the economy is better. People who are getting payments by the federal government for nothing. But 74%, and I'll tell you that's mostly working people, say the economy is worse. All right, second question. How do you rate the way President Biden is handling economic issues? Excellent good, 27%. And those are the ideological zombies that... No matter what, if it's a Democrat, we're going to support it. 71% of the American people, fair or poor. And by far, the poor description of uh, Biden's performance, 57%, by far the highest number. Next question. President Biden has blamed oil companies, Russian President Vladimir Putin, for higher fuel prices. Critics say Biden's energy policies are mainly to blame. Who bears most responsibility for higher fuel prices? Major oil companies, 29%. Vladimir Putin, 11%. Joe Biden, 52%. All right, there you go. Wisdom, common sense of the folks. And finally, I'm going to throw in another question. How serious a problem is the rising price of gas, home heating oil, and other petroleum products? Net serious, 92. Not serious, 6. Okay. Um, The 6 are just tweaking. Rasmussen. They're, they're just be annoying on purpose. So everybody knows that this is a very, very serious issue. 
And um, it's an unforced error on the part of the federal government. We, the people, didn't do anything to cause this. So we're innocent. We had it inflicted upon us by Joe Biden. Not Congress. It wasn't Congress who did it. It was Biden himself. Unforced error. All Biden had to do was keep the Trump economy in place. That's all he had to do. But he didn't. He attacked the fossil fuel industry, and that began the roll downward. All right, comparison. Let me back that up. But unforced error about it. Joe Biden. So when Trump left office, uh, it was the week of January 18, 2020. Okay? We had been in uh, COVID, um, and gas prices remained fairly stable. At I'm sorry, this is uh, the week ending January 18th, 221. I said 220, it's 221. $2.37 a gallon. Okay? $2.37 a gallon. Week of February 17th, 2022, all right, 13 months later, a week before Putin invaded Ukraine, gas, 3.52, up $1.15 from when Trump left. Okay, now, five bucks. So up from when Trump left, gas has risen $2.50 a gallon. Now, even if you buy that Putin did it, (laughs) half of that. About half of that has come for no reason. Just Biden's attack on the fossil fuel industry. Those are the facts. Okay? It's unbelievable. So it's goodbye, Joe. He's finished. There's no way he comes back. Remember, he's 80 years old in November. 80 years old. And he's going downhill fast. He was never really up high on the hill anyway. Not like we're talking about a Mensa guy here. I don't want to be disrespectful, but it's his fault. All right, that's a memo. So today, uh, Biden seeking to uh, salvage something. So oh, we're going to have a gas tax holiday. So he's going to suspend uh, the 18 cent a gallon federal gas tax, 24 cents if you buy diesel. All right, so that's what he's going to do. It's a gimmick because here in New York State, Kathy Hochul, another far-left politician, the governor of the state, on June 1st, three weeks ago, she dropped 16 cents a gallon from the pump by suspending half of New York State's gas tax, half. Well, back then, June 1st was $4.93 a gallon here in New York State average. Now it's 5 bucks. So it's been up seven cents, even though Kathy suspended the 16 cents. Now, you could say, well, maybe it would have gone up 23 cents if she had a gallon. But no. What happens is you suspend federal or state gas taxes, the retailers. All right. The guy down at the corner station, he goes, you know, I could get a little bit more out of this because here's the national average. So, you know, I'm going to stick it up. We don't have price controls on gasoline at the pumps. Okay, so they, whatever gas guy runs the station, he can charge what he wants. In my town, 
There's a 60 cent gallon difference between the Shell and the Mobile. 60 cents in one street, in one road. Now, why anybody would buy pay 60 cents more, I don't know. I don't, they don't do a lot of business in the Shell there. But the guy's just slapping on what he wants to slap on. So because you got a gas tax hot, it doesn't mean you're going to get a break. So, so you know. This whole thing, you know, uh, it's hard for me. I was, I was, like, complaining today that my head's going to explode because I got to calibrate all of this stuff and, and cut through all of this propaganda and this fog. And I have to do it because that's what you depend on. That's why you pay for BillOReilly.com premium membership. But it's so much now that everything that comes across, we know it's not true. Now, I don't object to a gas tax holiday by Biden. I don't object to that. But it's going to raise the deficit. Okay. So uh, I said that um, it's over for Joe Biden. I've been saying this for a while. I said earlier this week I think he might resign next year, 2023, for health reasons. That's a 30% shot in my estimation. Um, Now everybody's saying that. I did an interview with the Daily Caller today. And now everybody's saying that he might resign. Let's see what Judge Schoen thinks. Very smart guy. He's a a Democrat, a political strategist. We've had him on from time to time. He tracks uh, what is likely to happen in November in the midterms. And he's the author of the book, America, Unite or Die, How to Save Our Democracy, comes to us from New York City. All right. So uh, I think Biden's through and the Democrats are going to get waxed in November. I know you believe that as well. But is there anything I'm missing that might even make that equation more intense. Yeah, I I think the level of antipathy to the entire Democratic Party, including the Congress, is such that even though we've had reapportionment bill and preserved a lot of safe seats, we could have a historic route like 1994 or 2010 because of the absolute unpopularity of the Biden Democratic policies which you outlined, but I think we'd agree when you add in foreign policy, starting with Afghanistan, but not limited to that, when you throw in Ukraine and you throw in the possibilities in Taiwan, we have the potential of a perfect storm in November. Yeah, if something else happens, obviously, that makes Biden look bad, it's just going to get worse. But you made an interesting comment to me before we went on the air uh, about a recall. Sure. If there was a recall today, Bill, Joe Biden would be replaced. And I'll add something else. If there was an immediate recall on his successor uh, under that scenario, uh, Kamala Harris, I think she'd be recalled too. And I don't even want to begin to say what would happen if we got to the Speaker of the House. That's that's a short way of saying the Democratic Party and its entire leadership, all over 70, Biden pushing 80, are discredited. And really, there is no empathy, sympathy, or patience in the American electorate. Now, if Trump were the alternative, this is, of course, you know, we're speculating because a recall sure. wouldn't, wouldn't involve, uh, you know, in San Francisco when Bodine, the DA, was recalled, there wasn't anybody up right. against him. While there was in the governor's recall with Newsom, and the reason Newsom survived, 
was uh, because they didn't have a Republican to replace him that, that people liked out there. If Trump were the replacement in a fantasy recall, because so many people still despise Donald Trump, would it be the same result? I think it would be because most elections are referenda on the incumbent, which a recall is absolutely. I think Donald Trump, if he could ever get his head around talking about the future rather than the past, would inestimably enhance his and the Republicans' chances and give us more of what you've been talking about, which is a real world agenda that works rather than a retrospective look at 2020. Even with all this October 6th hearing stuff and the press ramming it down everybody's throat and, and Trump looking bad and there's no cross-examination and it's, uh, you know, one after the other after the other. He did this, he did that, he subverted democracy, blah, 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 blah. Today in my newspaper, Newsday, it's, uh, oh, we just, we just survived the collapse of our democracy. This was the editorial. It's so ridiculous, but this is what they do. Uh, don't you think that Donald Trump's, even though he handled the economy well and he's fairly successful as a governing president, his demeanor and the, and the controversies that the media has pushed, they still have hurt him? They certainly have hurt him. He has facilitated it by not moving beyond it. But fundamentally, people vote, whether it be 22, 24, or, or our fantasy recall, on the incumbent and their performance and Fundamentally, your contrast is the right one. Things were better under Trump. People know that. They will hold their nose, in my judgment, and vote for him if he runs again, because most people have found his personality objectionable or worse. He shows no ability or interest in moderating it. Okay. Now, I've known you, I don't know, what, 25 years now? About that, uh, yeah. Yeah, going back to the Fox News Channel days. And... My contention is that the media's clout, the influence the press has on Amer American voters, it's still there, but it has diminished in a remarkable degree. So while the media is still front and center and you hear what they say and, and what they say is on the Internet, blah, 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 most Americans no longer take the media, generally speaking, seriously. And that's an advantage for a guy like Trump, is it not? Absolutely. Trump understood in 2016, and it was genius, that he could attack the media publicly and benefit and all the while go behind the backs of the American people, so to speak, and cultivate individual members of the media. But fundamentally, attacking the mainstream media is a tactic that works and as you point out, vis-a-vis -vis the January 6th hearings, they're really not affecting public opinion in a way that benefits the Democrats, maybe even hurting the Democrats. Yeah, I mean, the New York Times, Washington Post, everybody believes they're just left-wing journals now, uh, partners with the Democratic Party. I think that's fairly obvious. Here's the thing that, that really uh, makes this argument uh, impossible to refute. I think it was 90% of the corporate media endorsed Biden for president. Have you seen one media organization that endorsed Biden apologize for that endorsement? Not only have I seen no endorsement, uh, I'm sorry, no uh, apology for the endorsements. 
I haven't seen any member of the mainstream media nor the intelligence officers who said that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation apologize for that either when it was perfectly clear that that laptop represented the real world political and financial machinations of uh, Hunter Biden. And look, I'm a Democrat. I worked for Clinton proudly. I support those policies. I'm sure there are many viewers tonight who take different positions, but it is clear the media is not a beacon of fairness as you are virtually every time I meet and hear you, Bill. Okay, yeah, I try to be fair. Now, final question. I was doing an interview with a liberal guy today uh, because I like to do that. Uh, not, you know, smear merchants or anything like that, but, you know, it was a PhD. And uh, he said, I said to him, he said to me, is it possible that the Democratic Party would stop the progressive far left agenda and move back to a more Clinton-esque posture? My answer was, I don't know because I don't follow party politics on either the Republican side or, or the Democratic side. People ask me all the time, well, what do you think about McCarthy? I don't know. I mean, when he gets to be speaker, then I'll, I'll examine what he does and what he doesn't do. But I'm not a party guy. You are. Do you think it's possible that the progressives are finished and the Democratic Party will wise up and go back to a more moderate position? Quite the opposite, Bill. I think the moderates like me, I hate to say it, are washed up and the progressives remain in the ascendancy. Put another way, if anyone emerges to challenge Joe Biden in 2024, should he run, it'll be a progressive like Bernie Sanders or even AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So you, you don't think they're finished, the progressives, even though all the destruction on this nation has come from them. You still don't think the Democratic Party is going to kick them to the curb? I am a party guy. I am a moderate to my core. And we're the ones losing, not them. They're in the ascendancy. And our democracy is troubled deeply because of it. And Zach, because of the media, the Times, the Post, and, and the establishment media still pushing them? Is that why they are? It is the confluence of interest between the liberal media and the progressives that has created a narrative that is destructive or worse. All right, Doug, thanks very much. And uh, we're going to bring Doug back a few more times before the uh, November vote because he's an honest man and he's got his pulse, uh, finger on the pulse of what the voters uh, may do. Okay, so let's get to the January 6th committee. Not a lot to tell you. Uh, Nobody's watching it. Um, media is trying to, you know, gin it up, not working. When, when people are experiencing pain, personal pain, not really interested in some kind of bureaucratic uh, hate Trump exposition anymore. You either hate Trump or you don't, okay? And nobody's going to change your mind probably either way. Uh, there will be another hearing tomorrow at 1 p.m. if you want to tune in, but nobody is. All right, Supreme Court, so two big cases are going to be announced uh, maybe tomorrow and uh, Monday. You know, we know they have to be announced because the uh, justices, all nine of them, go on vacation next week until October. That's why you want to be a Supreme Court justice. Anyway, um, we're going to get uh, to them in a moment, to the two big cases. Uh, But what about the leak? 
So the leak on the uh, Roe v. Wade thing uh, from Judge Alito's office came on May 2nd. So it's now, what did I say, uh, June 22nd? 20 days ago? Where's the leaker exposed? So the marshal of the Supreme Court, Colonel Gail Curley, is in charge. We called her. In fact, one of my producers said, I reached out. And I said, never say that cliche. Reached out. Because it's trite. What our organization, BillOReilly.com, did was call Colonel Curley and say, Madam, with all due respect, can you give us an update? Where are you on this? Are you closing in? Have you finished the investigation? Do you think somebody's going to be revealed? Wouldn't even reply. (laughs) All right, we're on it. We're watching them. Now, here's a question. Do you really think the Justice Department, which is in charge of the U.S. Marshals, you really think Merrick Garland wants to find out who leaked that Alito situation? I don't. Now, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think he does. For me, and I was the Attorney General, I would have found a leaker by now. I know, I'm a good city guy. Six major cities on pace to pass historic violent crime stats. Six major cities, they are. Baltimore, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, D.C., Atlanta, New York City. All on pace to break violent crimes reported. Halfway through the year. All right, this is because, and we all know this, progressive policies, just as we were talking with Doug Jones, how the progressives have screwed up the federal government, they are screwing up the city governments. No doubt about it. So let's prove it once again by going to Chicago, Mayor Lightfoot, Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown. Put their pictures up. Let everybody see the mayor and the superintendent. There they are. Okay, so yesterday, a new order comes down to the Chicago PD. You are not to chase suspects on foot for running away. Okay, so the thinking is if you commit a minor offense in Chicago and you run away, cops aren't going to chase you. What's a minor offense? Well, how about possession of narcotics? So you can have fentanyl, maybe a pound of it in your backpack, heroin, methamphetamine, get the little backpack, dope's there. Okay, cop sees you. Taking the dope out of your backpack, selling it. Cop approaches you, run away. Cop can't chase you. Can't chase you. What do you think? That law enforcement, that justice, that make the city of Chicago safer? Have dope dealers? (laughs) And you think I'm exaggerating? No. This is what they ordered. And in the face of that, last year in Chicago, there were 797 homicides. All right. In 2019, 495. That's Lori Lightfoot. Good job. And all of those homicides, not all of them, 
most of them, drug gang related. Miss Mayor. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. L.A. Now, I told you yesterday, two cops, El Monte, California, about 15 miles east of Los Angeles. Okay. Corporal Michael Partis and uh, Officer Joseph Santana murdered. Okay, guy who did it, Justin Flores, gang member, long rap sheet. Okay. Uh, Should have been in prison. 35 years old, he committed suicide when the cops closed in on him after he shot and killed these two police officers. The district attorney, George Gascon, is being blamed because he won't prosecute these people. Here's what he said. Go. Simple possession of a gun is not considered a violent crime. Okay. He was arrested for possession of drugs and possession of a gun, not the use of a gun. Simple possession of a gun is not considered a violent crime by a felon. Though he left that out. Gascon left that out. This guy wasn't just some hunter. He had committed crimes in the past. And they knew, Gascon did, that he was a gang member, a drug gang member. They knew he was. And the police were responding to a call 911 that the guy was beating up his girlfriend. But he's not violent. It's not, no. So in George Gascon's mind, and he is the chief law enforcement officer in the country's largest county, LA County, in his mind, if you are carrying an illegal gun, handgun, it has nothing to do with violence. You got to shoot somebody before Gascon is going to whip into action. Now, it's against the law, of course, for a convicted felon to carry a gun, a handgun in California. It's not violent. Okay, so now we have Chicago drug dealers. You can run away and nobody can chase you. And in LA, hey, you're a gang member. You got two felony sheets. Ah, I don't care. Do, can I make it any more vivid for everybody? I, I don't think I can. This is anarchy. This is these so-called officials, elected officials, and they are elected. So the people of Chicago and Los Angeles bear some responsibility. But these people are aiding and abetting murder, drug dealing, aiding and abetting. That's what they're helping the killers and the pushers. The Californians announced they're going to have uh, weed cafes, marijuana cafes. 
Uh, you can open one if you want. All right, and in those weed cafes, you can order up cannabis products. You can take it to go, or you can, you know, just use it in the, uh, in the cafe. But since you're not allowed to smoke inside, I don't know how that's going to work out in California. Maybe you get open air, a little patio, or maybe they'll give you a pot cookie or, or whatever. So you consume cannabis there, or you can order it to go. Just call up. Yeah, just give me whatever, all the pot stuff to go. Uh, I don't know if there's home delivery on this, uh, but there will be. So in New Jersey, on uh, March 29th of this year, in Manchester, a woman, Danielle Bowker, was driving a 2018 Honda Civic when she veered out of control, hit two men and killed them. Okay, so two men are dead because Danielle and her Honda veered out of control. Well, yesterday, the state of New Jersey said um, she was high on pot. Okay, took them a lot of time to figure it out. They didn't want to announce it because Jersey's a liberal state. So Danielle Bowker is being held on two counts of vehicular homicide. She is in the Ocean County Jail. If she were in New York, she wouldn't be in jail. Okay, so all you pot cafe people out there, if you drive to the cafe and got stoned, then you could wind up like Danielle killing two people. There you go. Senate gun bill. All right, so this has created hysteria in conservative precincts. Hysteria. And again, you watch me for the truth. This Senate gun bill doesn't do anything. Doesn't restrict your rights as a gun owner. And it doesn't solve any gun violence problem. It's a waste of blanking time. But it's going to get passed because it's bipartisan. So what exactly is in the bill? Three major things, okay? So requires a national instant criminal background check, all right, if you are under the age of 21 and buying a firearm. So you have to have a background check. You're under the age of 21. Number two, if you are a state that passes a red flag law, and some states won't, the feds will provide grants, money, so you can do crisis intervention. And number three, requires more gun sellers to register as federally licensed firearm dealers. No, bureaucracy. So I'm in business to protect law-abiding gun owners. So you all understand where I'm coming from. I want to protect your Second Amendment rights. But I'm also in business to stop gun violence, which this will not do. And again, you federalize all gun crimes. That's the only thing that will happen. So I got a letter from Mark Mokris in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He says this, quote, Bill, you said earlier this week that they would never pass red flag laws at the federal level. Isn't that exactly what they're trying to do in the Senate's new gun bill? Now, Mark is a smart guy. And he doesn't know that the Senate 
isn't passing a bill that requires a red flag law every state, that's not what's happening because that's unconstitutional. They can't do that legally. Okay? What they can do is say if the state passes in the name of public safety, then we're going to give them money to make it easier for them. But any red flag law in this country, you have to have a warrant, probable cause. So you would have to show a judge in a county, here's the threat the person put on the Internet or, or said, and here's the witness who swears to it, okay? And we believe that person's a danger, so we need a warrant to see if the person's got guns. And if the person does have guns, then we want to seize the guns temporarily until the case is heard in a court of law. That is what the red flag law is, but you need probable cause. So the conservative community has been fed all this, oh, if you're conservative, the cops are going to come without a warrant and kick your door down and take all your guns. No, I'm here to correct the record. I don't know what good that does. I hope it does some good for you. This day in history, June 22nd, 1611, Henry Hudson. Henry Hudson, you didn't know this. Fourth voyage to the New World from England. Fourth time he crosses. He's looking for a passage to Asia. All right? That's what he, Henry's looking for. Didn't find it the first three times. Did find the Hudson River, Manhattan, Island of Manhattan, a whole bunch of other stuff. But he didn't find it. So he goes to Canada. He goes north. His ship is called the Discovery. The ship gets iced. And the sailors are starving. And they mutiny against Henry Hudson. They put him in a little boat with his teenage son and seven other Hudson supporters. And they put the boat back into the freezing ocean with Henry and the eight others on it. Of course, Henry and the eight others die. The mutiny. The discovery, the boat, gets free of the ice, goes back to England, where the seamen admit what they did. You think they would be hanged. None of them got punished. Henry Hudson, killed by his own crew at the Hudson River, the Henry Hudson Parkway in uh, New York City, Hudson Bay, where he was. That's what happened to Henry 411 years ago, 11 years ago today. Did you know that? Okay. Big mail segment, final thought. I went to the Doobie Brothers last night. I'll tell you how it was. We'll be right back. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD 
to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's do the mail here. Jeffrey Brown, Bonita Springs, Florida. Bill, how can you think Kamala Harris would do a better job than Biden? Jeffrey, how can you think that I said that? I didn't come close to saying that. I said that if Biden resigns, Kamala Harris becomes a placeholder and has no chance to become the nominee. You guys got to listen. If I talk too fast, let me know. Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com. If I'm not giving it as clear as I should, let me know. Brian Pierce, West Boylston, Massachusetts. Bill, who do you think would be the best presidential candidate for this divided country. I don't think it would be President Trump. Too many people despise him. Look, I don't know yet. DeSantis is credible. Certainly, if Trump doesn't run, DeSantis could run. DeSantis may challenge Trump. I don't think he will, but he might. Those are the two on the Republican side. The only Democrat has a chance is Michelle Obama, and she does make no move that she wants to do it. David, concierge member, and David gets direct access to me. Bill, regarding the effort to recall D.A. Gusson in L.A., it is kind of mind-boggling to me that the recall effort just has over the minimum required signatures. There are more than 10 million folks living in a county, but 7 million and don't know what's going on. I'm just guessing that's a number, but come on. You know, people don't pay attention unless it's right up in their doorstep. Mark, I understand it's not a loss until you actually sell your stocks, but why isn't it better to pull your money out now, put it into something safe, bonds or whatever, and then put your money back in the market when it rebounds? Because nobody can time the market. So you could do that, but you're going to have far less money if you, take your, if you sell your stocks now. They could come back next week. Possible. They will come back. I don't know when. Nobody knows when. But market timing, it's impossible. Sean Whalen, Pineville, North Carolina. China is buying up Russian oil cheap and funding the Ukrainian war. So much for the sanctions. China, China is doing that. And it just shows you what kind of government China is. But Russia's economy is. You watch and see what happens there. Neil Harrison, Arlington, Texas. Europe already has consumer protections for airline passengers that you are asking for in the USA, O'Reilly, they are more of a mess than we are because they don't enforce the fines. They have the fines on the book. You're absolutely right. The uh, European Union has been to enforce them. You start fine American Airlines, you're going to clean up the rack real fast. Rick Cunningham, Oro Valley, Arizona, like you in my house, who often eat small plates. We've also quit ordering beverages at restaurants. Check the price of a soft drink or iced tea, too rich for us. That's a gallon of gas. You buy an iced tea or a a Coke in a restaurant, it's a gallon of gas. So you're absolutely smart, Rick, getting water with lemon. And there's no sugar. Okay. 
So uh, the best deal ever, you buy Killing the Killers, throw it on up on the screen, and you're listening to me on the radio, you buy Killing the Killers at BillOReilly.com. We'll give you Killing the Mob free. Now, I know Father's Day is over, but you got birthdays coming up. You got Christmas coming up. You got all kinds. And you just want to be have a good summer read? Those two books, your vacation experience will be enhanced. And if you're traveling in a car, I hope, listen to the audio. Killing the Killers, Killing the Mob audio. Man, that trip will fly by. Word of the day, don't be a naughty, N-O-D-D-Y. Right back with the Doobie Brothers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So final thought of the day, I went to the Doobie Brothers concert in Jones Beach, Long Island last night. That is the best concert venue in the country. Jones Beach Theater. Okay? Live Nation runs it. Fabulous. Second best, Red Rocks, Colorado. Third best, Hollywood Bowl, L.A. If you want to see a live show. The Doobie Brothers have Michael McDonald, the original league singer, back in the crew. Roll the tape. All right, so last night's show was good. It wasn't great. It was good. They were in a uh, good voice. I'm not, I don't really like Michael McDonald, and he despises me. That's probably why I don't like him. Uh, he came out first on the stage in the audience, of course, because he's a brilliant singer. Guy is the best. The audience gave him a nice round of applause. He didn't even look up. Didn't smile, didn't wave, didn't look up. Eh, come on, Michael, huh? Let's go. But the boys, the rest of the band, a very good form, and they were very engaging. Um, I go to see all the legacy bands, as I told you before. Uh, even if I don't particularly like them, uh, I want to go and see them once in my life. Now, I'd seen the Doobie Brothers before without McDonald, but I, I wanted to see the whole package, and I'm glad I did. I paid. I always pay. I t- talked about that with Hannity today on the radio. That's a good... You should listen to that on BillOReilly.com. You know, it's, I, I don't take freebies. I, I, don't, I don't do that. I pay. You know, it's not right um, to take free stuff. 
And anyway, we had great seats. And uh, the Jones Beach people, I mean, I've known them forever. That's where I used to hang when I was a kid. And I love going to Jones Beach. It even rained a little last night, but the crowd, it didn't even matter. I mean, it's an outdoor venue, obviously, right by the beach. So anyway, uh, we wish the Doobie Brothers the best. They have some good tunes. Uh, next up, Earth, Wind, and Fire. They're my guys. You know, I can't wait to see them in August. And uh, thank you very much for uh, watching and listening to No Spin News. Um, we hope you got a lot out of it. Want to hear from you? Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name and town if you want to opine. And we will see you tomorrow.